For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Shalom, going on the record. This is Minister Shedrick, Tribal of Judah, and welcome to um, Wednesday night, uh, first degree. And time now is nine o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard uh, Time, eight eight uh, eight o'clock Central. And um, is anyone on the call? Is anyone there? Brother EK. Shalom, brother. Anyone else? Akram. Shalom, brother. Anyone else? Okay. Uh, well, I um, I'm not necessarily sure what's going on. Um. Um, it seems, I want to say, like I said, there's probably like a mix-up in terms of when we're supposed to actually come back or maybe there's some things going on, um, but everyone has been thrown off because no one, you know, has really known exactly when we were supposed to come back, um, and Minister Priest is not here, although that doesn't necessarily affect this class. Um, per se, because, you know, I teach this class, but for the most part, there are people who are in other classes that are in this class that are in other classes, and um, they have him as well, um, but they're not here today. Um, so what I will do is I'll just kind of go forward. We won't necessarily discuss anything um, in terms of subject matter, uh, um, uh, class curriculum-wise, um, because not everyone's here, and this is our first week back. So I um, I guess I'm just going to kind of like, you know, open up the floor for anyone um, to discuss anything. If you, you know, have anything that you want to share, um, you know, about your break in particular, you may do so. Um, I can say that for me, you know, it's been a long break, <laughs> nonetheless. Um, and uh you know, for the most part, I'm alive, I'm here, you know, I can't complain. Um yeah, it's been a lot of things going on in, you know, the world. Uh oh, and phone on the record, I just wanted to announce that Joe Jackson, the father of uh late Michael Jackson, passed away at the age of eighty nine. Um Joe Jackson is the father of the Jackson Fives. Uh, they're kind of like music royalty. <laughs> um, however, um, yeah, he will be truly missed. I mean, yeah, I I respect him a whole. I respect him a whole lot. I know the media and you know everyone try to villainize him, you know, uh, in terms of his parentage. But other than that, you know, he did something with a lot of, you know, people. 
uh, haven't necessarily had the chance to do is take a whole family and turn them into, you know, you know, celebrities and humanitarians and things like that. So, I, you know, much respect to that brother. You know, um, you know, he will be missed. Um, other than that, you know, that's it for me per se. Um, is there anyone else here that would like to um, share anything in particular? Law Minister, mm-hmm. uh, this is Brother Trevon, Tribe of Benjamin. Shalom, when, when did when did he pass? Though when did they say he passed? Because I heard he that pa- earlier today from someone. Uh, from what I gather, he passed the day. I guess he passed yesterday. Um, from pancreatic, uh, from you know dealing with pancreatic cancer. Wow, you know. You know. I'm sorry to cut you off. One of the reasons I asked because um, the day that he died is the same. The date that he died is the same date that his son died in 2009, and they were playing his music over the radio um, that whole for that whole day. Really? Yeah. I said, wait a minute. You know, oh, no. are you serious? Yeah. I wasn't on um, the 25th of June or something like that. Um, and then when it was announced, I said, what? Yeah, you know, well, you're right. It's June 25th. June 25th, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, so I saw that to be very interesting, you know. You know that he died on the same date, um, a couple years later. You know, because he he passed away. His son was two thousand and nine, right? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they they were playing. Um, all these songs that Michael did from um, childhood uh, till when he was an adult that day, you know. So yeah, I found that to be very interesting, you know, when he, um, when his father died on that date, you know. So was it? Um, was it? It is on the twenty fifth that it, Joe Jackson passed away too, right? Well, that's what I was trying to get ready to uh, find out. Give me a second, brother. I had to. I was interrupted by something. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, no worries. Jackson. Oh, it says that he died June twenty seventh. June twenty seventh. Oh, okay. So he died to this morning, today? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Well, it says nine hours ago that he died. Today is the 27th. Did he die? Oh, okay, so he died earlier this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, it said that he died at 3.30 a.m. Wednesday. Yeah, that was early this morning. Jeez. Okay. Man, it's crazy because he died the same. Well, he died in the same month as the son, nonetheless. Same one. Yeah. 
Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. One thing I can say to you guys is, you know, got to definitely, you know, take care of our bodies. Um, oh, wow, Steve, Harden, Steve Harvey Morning Show Star's assistant found dead. And just not everybody dead. Yo, and um, what's that guy? Ex, uh, Extentacion. He, um, he was shot in his car. What? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. They shot. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Shot, shot him. Shot him while he was in his car, and everybody was recording it. <laughs> I was like, "This is what the world has come to." It's like somebody is shot in the car, and everybody's recording. It. Like they literally were filming the guy laying dead in the car. And I was like, well, why isn't anybody driving to get the guy to the car? Or, yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. But nonetheless, you know, this is exactly what our what society has come to. So, um, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just really, really crazy right now. Um, the guy, uh, uh, what's his name? Terry Cruz, he... Um, he uh, basically testified in the Senate yesterday um, about the um, him being quote unquote sexually assaulted. <laughs> but uh, he said something about this toxic masculinity, and I'm just kind of like, what is toxic about being a man? I'm I'm just don't get that. I'm, and where's all? Where's that? Where did that phrase even come from? It sounds very, I guess you could say, feminist. But this whole toxic masculinity thing, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. They gotta stay away from white folks who are pushing that narrative, man. Because I mean, if we keep finding a lot of these things that these white folks keep putting out there, a lot of us black folks are gonna, quote unquote, black folks are gonna be dead. I'm, so I'm sorry, what did you say, brother? Now I was going to say pretty much, and, and um, I think this whole, I think this whole thing about this toxic masculinity stems from the fact that if you really look at what being masculine in of its essence means, it, it's really about purpose, planning, and assertiveness, right? And so yeah. in this particular society nowadays, any man that is that represents that, you know, archetype is deemed as a quote unquote threat because now we're in the kumbaya time in in our society where everybody is about, oh, we gotta be inclusive, we gotta be soft, and no one wants to step on anybody's toes and speak the truth right. and all these other different things. So, you know, and that stuff happens, and so it permeates itself through Hollywood, and then it gets into the media, the music, the films, and so when um. Because it's interesting because I, I saw that interview with Terry Crews on C-SPAN, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, that he did on that testimony he did, and then he did an interview on the Breakfast Club about that. And one <laughs> thing I re- one thing I wow. realized one thing I realized is that um, you see, this is why like our people don't really belong in those industries because those yeah. type of activities have to have, go on. So I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But it's like it's kind of expected. I'm not saying that that's appropriate by any means, but it's like 
what is the archetype of Hollywood? It's it's it's, it's basically a remnant of Babylon and 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 um ancient Egypt and, and Romans. That's all it is. It's a it's a it's an amalgamation of all of those different things. So those practices go on. And granted, yeah, he's a man, but like, what kind of message are we sending to our brothers or men, young men that we're gonna? I know he's taking a stand and say, you know, I, I've been sexually assaulted, but a man being sexually assaulted by another man, I mean, what message are we really sending to our younger brothers that are going to be seeing this in the future? You know, we got to change the narrative, like you said, like we got to get away from that because it's going to be very detrimental. He he was saying, and it's crazy because <clears throat> I was listening to some of the testimony and I was just kind of like, okay, I understand where he's coming from in terms of, you know, he doesn't want to be seen as the, the angry black man. Okay, but I think you get to a point where we know that there there's a certain time where we're just not going to let certain people in our space. You, you understand what I'm saying? And right. we'll defend our we, – we'll, we're very quick to defend ourselves when we want to, you know, protect our space. So you're telling me that you feel like because you're around these white people that look at you as a big, black, scary man that you didn't want to retaliate out of fear that these white people didn't want to be around you. Okay, so then what kind of – what do you say to your black son, because you have two, who – have to be around people who are looking at them as a threat. So, oh, I can only be around white people in the sense that I have to emasculate myself. That's the only way I'm able to deal with white people so that I don't see myself as a threat. And, you know, I, I get that he was, like, I get that he was antagonized, but don't let these people use your don't let these people manipulate you into using your situation to tear down you being a man. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like you're naturally right. – I said, listen, I was um, uh, looking up something the other day, and uh, I stumbled across the word testy. Now, I know a lot of people have heard the word testes in biology, and, you know, they have, you know, come to, you know, be known – or identify with the man, man's testicle, so to speak. But the word testy in the, is in the law dictionary, right? And it means witnesses. So when I thought about it, um, they have something called, uh, uh, what is the word? Hold on, give me a second. Give me a second. I looked this word up and I saved it. I know I got it. And I was ready to whip it out. So let me find the word right quick. Hold on. The word I'm looking for, okay, is virility. Virility. It's uh, the 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 male's testicles are the witnesses for his virility, which is his masculinity. And for the women, her quote-unquote testicles, if she has any, <laughs> um, is a witness for her mulibrity, I think that's how you pronounce it, which is her femininity. So when people talk about these quote-unquote gender roles or they call them gender gender neutral and gender, uh, what they call them, they have so many different names for these things. And they're like, okay, well, your, your private area doesn't determine your sex and gender and all this. And I'm like, 
Okay, well, then you'd call your own God a liar if you believe in him because he's given you two witnesses as to who you who he has identified you as. They are right in your private area. You have two of them that tells you what your gender role is. Women have two, te- women have two ovaries, two ovaries that produce eggs. They cater to her femininity. They have two testicles. They are witnesses for his masculinity. They are both identified. Both of these concepts are identified in the way that these two separate bodily functions on, you know, two separate uh, gender roles function. You understand what I'm saying? But I say that to make this point. Don't sit here and let these people snatch you by the balls and then tell you, you got to accept it and you got to, you got to, be, you know, you can't, you don't have to, basically they told him that you don't have the right to protect yourself. Let us deal with it, and we'll deal with it the best way that we want to deal with it, which is we won't deal with it. We'll smack him on the wrist, and he'll do it to somebody else. But in all in all, they're telling you the only way that you can ever be a black man in a white society is if you're being uh, passive-aggressive or if you're being uh, 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 feminine. And that's really unfair to the people who, uh, no, that's unfair to black men who have been deemed in this society as deadbeat fathers who, quote, unquote, don't stand up for their, you know, don't stand up for their community and things like that. And it's like when they do, it's toxic. It's toxic. What the, what, when the hell did it become toxic to be a man? <laughs> no, I get it. I know when it became toxic to become a man. It became toxic to be a man or a black man when it was a threat to white men's existence and their money. Mm -hmm. That's when it became a threat. And it's like these brothers, they aren't paying attention to how they mean. Terry Crews is like, like for me, I look at him so much differently now. Cause I, I'm like he. I kind of thought that he was going to get in the Senate and kind of give a real excuse <laughs> as to why this guy touched him twice and he didn't do anything. But I just honestly saw somebody who just chicken out in front of these white people. That's what I saw. Cause I'm thinking to myself, if you had any. Decent. If you have any any sense of yourself, you probably would have acted the way anybody would if you had somebody making, you know, sexually suggestive passes at you in front of your wife. Right. Screw if that was your wife. What if that was somebody you were dating? Just you know, and you just like I don't want somebody to think I'm weak. Like you understand what I'm saying? And it's right. like. I mean, and you know, honestly, I'm sorry. Would you say, brother? Not to cut you off, but but just to reemphasize what you say, it goes back to there was a scene in that. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the movie called Crash, where it was with Terrence Howard, Dandy New. I remember that. There was a scene when they was pulled over when they was coming home one night, and mm-hmm. Terrence Howard and Dandy New were stopped. They pulled over, then they was told to get out the car, and then they was being frisked, and then. Mm-hmm. Sandy Newman was being frisked inappropriately where she was groped in her private parts, right? 
mm-hmm. and he and Terrence Howard was just there looking, and she felt a very sudden coming, like, you're not going to just defend me? Like, but what was I supposed to do? Like, if I do that, he'll blow my head off, whatever. So it's like, it's kind of in parallel. I mean, the circumstances is the same, but it's like, to your point, like, what would happen if, granted, was no cops there, but the same threat happened where instead of it happening to Terry Cruz, it happened to his wife, what would he do? Would he just sit there and say, well, nah, baby, you know, I don't want to be seem like I'm an angry black man, so I'm going to just let this ride, and I'll just go to the, the Senate and just do a testimony. She's going to look at you like you're weak. Like, you don't do that. You pull him aside in private, and then you handle it and say, look, don't you ever do that ever again. Don't you ever put your hand on my family members ever again and keep it moving. You don't have to be physical, but you let him know clearly that that's not tolerated. But you don't just ride it out and then just go, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think they they had already sized him up. And if they never sized him up in any way, there was no way that they would have felt comfortable with doing it. And what I mean, mm. they already had done, they already called his bluff. I'm just, mm. That's the cleanest way I can say it. They already called his bluff. So for them to feel like they could have done it and got away with it, that's why they did it, because they already know something about him that everybody don't know. That's why they did it. But I was, I, that's why I'm saying, like, I think that's why everybody's a little bit confused because they're sitting there saying, okay, well, Terry Crews ain't being, he's not being honest about the situation. Because why would somebody that you don't know feel comfortable grabbing you in front of your wife twice? Not once, but twice, you know? And I can't necessarily say what I would have done if I was in his situation. No, I probably can because I'm thinking my first in, my first instinct is to, you know, probably slap somebody too if you touch me in a way that I <laughs> <laughs> I think that is. I think that's the natural. That's. I think that's a natural impulse. Where right. you feel like your space is being violated, we get defensive. But you know, but check this out though. And this brings back to your point. This brings. Uh, I guess this go back to a point that you were making with the whole crash thing, because I noticed that uh, Terrence turned up on Ludacris. He turned up on his brother, but he was afraid of that white cop. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, and, and it's and it's the same kind of mindset that we have in our communities where you have a lot of brothers who are really tough and bad with, you know, their black Tough-up. brothers, and they don't mm-hmm. see them as a threat, but a regular old white, you know, Ofe can put on a badge, and all of a sudden it's the slave master, slave all over. It's the slave master and slave serving all over again. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So it's, I don't really, I mean, I bet you if it was a, if it was a black guy who touched Terry Crews, I knew he would have fought oh. him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we knew he would have fought him. You understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's, I'm thinking to myself, Terry Crews is full of crap. I said that the cleanest guy that catch myself, he's full of crap. <laughs> shalom, shalom, shalom. This is Brother Tremont. Yes, could, it be, could it be one of the reasons why he was treated that way is because what he projects on um, his characters that he plays yes. in movies? Yes. Because, you know, it's, uh, I'm thinking about what's that movie that he played is um, the, the Wayne Brothers. Yeah. And the way uh-huh. in which he was acting. Yeah. And um, it, it just saying that okay, you 
you know that he's a man, but you know you you you're acting like I don't know how how to say I'm okay that he know there was something different about those brothers. You know, is this thing that on the low he likes men mm-hmm. or something like that? He mm-hmm. likes that type of thing. So you know, I'm thinking yeah. it could be what he's projected. You know, maybe they they're trying to test him and to see what type of individual he may be. And maybe they're perceiving that he likes that type of thing, you know, um, maybe because how he interacts with the people and, um, and and what he portrays on the movies. What, what do you brothers think? I, I wouldn't agree, brother. That, that, that never, I wouldn't say uh, that never crossed my mind. I would mostly say that I'm thinking that for the most part, I think it was time and opportunity. After they done sized him up, after they done done sized him up, and I guess I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just black men or easy prey when it comes to Hollywood because we're not sure of ourselves when we get. I, I think that's just it. Because I noticed that you know when uh, we get environment when we get an environment where there's money and power involved, you know, of course, some people, you know don't know how to take, they don't take fame too well. So sometimes they turn into these really crazy people. Some people become very perverted and not just sexually but just morally perverted. And um, I think because when black people come into the, when they come into that type of atmosphere where there's a whole bunch of uh, rich white men who have a lot of money to throw around, and they, you know they they're not inhibited by anything because their money has afforded them, you know, on top of the status that they already have in the country. I guess they feel like we'll prey on the black people because they don't know how to control themselves when they have money anyway. So they'll do anything for money, or at least they assume that. So you understand what I'm saying? And and they don't put that in the contracts. They don't say you can in my contract you cannot touch me. So what happens? And I think you know I think that's kind of like what it's got to be right about now. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't suggest. Don't sexually suggestively look at me a certain way. Don't make me feel like I'm naked. You understand what I'm saying when you look at me? I say like that's the kind of language that you got to put in these contracts now because there's too many people that's coming out saying oh well you know. I got fifty million dollars out of jail, but you know uh, he touched me, <laughs> and it's becoming like so common. But I guess just to answer your point, uh, point blank, brother, I think they sized them up, and to some degree, yeah, that's exactly what they did. What you said, I think that's what he did. And a uh, brother, he came was about to share his thoughts on something. Go ahead, brother. Oh no, I was gonna just emphasize like that. Yeah, like. The same thing in uh, the movie Friday After Next. He did the same thing to Cat Williams, you know? Like, mm-hmm. these people, like, you see, that's the problem with our society sometimes. Like, we, granted, it's art and it's acting, but, like, sometimes it's like, you know, you kind of know, like, like it's just like, it's like we, we, we can equate that with music, right? Like, acting and music, for example, we complain that hip hop artists say some very derogatory lyrics mm-hmm. and it's affecting the young kids, but then we don't really have the same type of 
scrutiny under actors and actresses when they get on these roles and right. and have these and, and and portray themselves, portray a character in the movie and mm-hmm. then wonder why that they're known for that's why, you know, you say, Oh yeah, so and so is known for XYZ role or he or she played in this and then that that stigma follows you. So of course that's gonna serve as a baseline for somebody to say, Yeah, that individual is the same is is this it functions this particular way, and like you said, brother said you're like they sized them up based on that already baseline element. Right. Yeah, this is how he portrays himself in movies, so therefore he might be like that in real life. Let's see if it's true, and then right. they go and do what they did, and then now you know like oh yeah, well granted, well it wasn't a joke, you know it was just a joke. We we didn't mean to do it like the of course they know. Like, yeah, this individual is not really, like, how he portrays himself in the public. There's something about him, like you were saying, that there's a pattern based on the movies that he's done that he's capable of that kind of behavior, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not to bash the bubble or throw him under the bus because, obviously, that's a very uncomfortable and unfortunate space that he probably is dealing with. But it's, like, it's always back to the foundation about a lot of these things, like, how are we presenting ourselves or portraying ourselves and what contracts are we signing up for that's going to generate a long-term consequence? Because, yeah. you know, we, we 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 get to pick the choices, but we don't get to pick the consequences. But the consequences do come with the choice. So we do, pick, in fact, pick our consequences, you know? So, like, a lot of these things are kind of avoidable, but, again, it goes back, it goes back to when people are in your pocket, you really will have a – you really – you go a certain length to to keep your mouth shut. I'm I'm guarantee like no one does this to Ice Cube. No one's gonna do this to like other these individuals that really do do you know deal with their own type of money. Now granted they they'll have things that they'll have people that they in the face with, but for the majority of it they're not really in their pocket like that. So if someone's in your pocket like that, they can control your reactions and manipulate you to behave in a, and feel a certain kind of way. You know so. You know, yeah, Terry Cruz. I mean, that brother. I feel bad I, for him. Don't get me yeah, wrong. I do you feel know? bad for him. I do feel bad for him, brother. But I think, you know, I think what kind of ruffled my feather though is at some point, you know, if we don't, I guess you. I guess what I'm getting at. I think that's why I kind of was a little bit ticked off with him is because in this country. I realize that black men have pretty, well, so-called black men in this country have had a lot of things taken away from him. And the last little piece of existence that we have is our little, you know, is our masculinity um, of what we would call masculinity, so to speak. And for you to get on national TV and sell out in front of these white people to try to conform to this Me Too movement so everybody can win. Because I keep thinking to myself, bro, this is not about an everybody can win situation. This is about what you should have done if somebody touched you. Right. If somebody had touched you. Because at the end of the day, all the white folks that were sitting around there knew that these people were touching you, and nobody came to your defense. Exactly. So come on. It's not no, oh, me too. It's not no me too. 
Them white folks sticking together. They don't care about no no uh, Terry Crews. And that's the problem that they, and it's not just Terry Crews, it's a whole lot of them uh, so-called black brothers and sisters up there to get along, to, uh, to, to go along, to get along attitude. And these people are steady screwing them over. And this dude put his foot in his mouth with that whole toxic. I think that was like, I, I was like, that was the, you know, uh, flag on the plate for me. Because when he said it, and it was like almost like a couple of minutes in the thing, I was like, wait a minute, what is he talking about? What does he mean, text toxic masculinity? I heard some white feminists say it, and then when he said it, I was like, Toxic masculinity. Is this a white woman on trial or is this Terry Crews? <laughs> I was like, what black man? What black man in America is walking around calling their 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 divine nature toxic? And so, in my mind, when he said that, he's letting me know that he thinks something is wrong with him. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. So you think something is wrong with you? Because you were mad. Well, maybe you just need to probably wear a dress then. <laughs> yeah. I don't I hate to be so funny about it, and I'm not trying to be funny about it per se. I think I'm just a little bit kind of just, I don't know. I just expected so much from Terry Crews because I get it. You You were touched. Well, don't let these people play on that. Like, don't let these people manipulate you into thinking that there's something wrong with you. Because I'm the, you know, they don't want to see me, want them to see me as the big black man. Come on, man. I think that now that kind, of, like that kind of thinking is gonna get us kind of killed. Cause I, you know, I've, and I, you know, I tried to explain this to a lot of, you know, white people I know. Because they used to be like, well, Cedric, why don't you, you know, hang out with us? I'm like, look, I work with y'all. I'm not your friend. <laughs> I don't hang out. I don't, look, I don't do all of that hanging out with y'all because I done seen, I done hung around all white people and know that y'all have fun, but y'all like to have too much fun. Sometimes y'all take fun to like three, y'all take, y'all have 3D fun. And there's no coming <laughs> back from that. So I realized that. The older I got and I started to understand the way that this society is and who white people are in this society and what they can become in this society and who I am as a black man or so-called black man and how so-called black people can be, how easily they can be influenced when they don't know who they are, I had to make sure that I always established the fact that, no, I'm not going to be celebrating Easter. No, I'm not always, I'm not going to celebrate Christmas. No, I'm not celebrating the 4th of July. No, I'm not celebrating any of these holidays. Well, why don't you want to? Because I just don't want to. I don't have to do something every time a white person do it. And I'm not going to do it every time they do it. I'm not a follower. My mom and my dad never pushed us to celebrate these holidays anyway. And, you know, I don't totally, I don't, I guess I'm not, I guess I say Terry Crews got his own fault in it. I don't totally blame him holistically because he's brought up and he, he he's groomed into that society. So now he's thinking just like them. Yeah. And it's sad, but I'm going to be that conversation. Shalom, when did this happen to this brother? 
to Terry Crews. Last Brother. year? Was it last year or something like that? Last no, year, right? he announced it last year. This happened, like, I guess right around the time he, like, really became famous, which is probably around, like, oh. 2003 sometime, because he did White Chicks. Before yeah. uh, during that time, and he had also did uh, what's it? Uh, uh, Friday at the next, mm-hmm. and um, I guess sometime around that time, so it had been like eight, nine, ten years ago, sometime, uh, and and now it just came up because of the whole Me Too thing, and I was thinking, I was like, man, why didn't you just tell somebody? You know, right? You know. I mean, because enough people knew you told all the people in your circle, but now you waited till the white woman come out, and then all of a sudden it's just this, uh, you know, I don't want to be seen as a black man. Like, I'm sorry. Sometimes I feel like certain, some of them folks in Hollywood care too much about what white people think of them. I can't constantly keep living for white people. It's tough enough being black. I got to live for white people, too. I can't do two things at one time. So I don't know. I think that he kind of opened my eyes to this psychology that black people are starting to adapt in America, like, oh, we got to always keep thinking about what white people think of us. I don't care too much about what these people think of us. And that's why these white people... That's why the white people start treating them the way that they do because they like, well, we know you're going to bend every time we say bend over. <laughs> you care too much about what we say, and I mean, I just don't. That's why I say in 2018, if they don't want my money, I don't care. I will go where my money can buy me, buy me what I want because I'm not going to be kissing nobody behind. It's just no. Got to realize who you give your power to, man. Seriously, we really got to stop giving these people too much dang on power. Anybody have anything else they want to say or comment? Rather, I'm sorry I'm worked up, but that thing had really ruffled my feathers, man. I hated to see that man. It was like it was like watching the cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz sit on <laughs> sit on. <laughs> 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 I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I should have done. <laughs> he hit me. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I it was it was horrible watching him up there. But anyway, um, I posted something in the um, what's the the Keys of the Kingdom group, and I announced this in one of our classes the other day. Uh, no, yesterday that um. Jerry Kushner, I think he was the, uh, the uh, chief advisor for the um, Trump administration, announced that they are going to institute a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. But what he told the Palestinian leader Abbas uh, was, if you don't accept it, we're going to pursue it without you. Basically, he gave us an ultimatum said it was the deal of the century. I'm saying to myself, okay, but the part about, you know, either, you know, you accept it or we, you know, or we do it without you, 
I'm thinking to myself, well, how are you going to go through with a plan that was was done because of me? What are you going to do? You, you're going to squat or you're going to help Israel squat on my land? Because that's what it sounds like to me. That's what I got out of it. Um, but did anybody else hear anything about it? They They didn't actually say what was in the peace agreement. As I stated in the other class, they announced that it was going, the, the terms and conditions was going to be announced in September. But does any, anybody hear about that? No? Well, I'll keep everybody posted because I'm fascinated to see what this agreement is about. But um, also what happened was Prince Harry, which is the uh, the, the grandson of uh, or the son of Prince Charles of Wales and the grandson of uh, Queen Elizabeth II, he went over there to speak with Abbas. So now I'm just like, okay, so now you have Jared Kushner from the Trump administration, and now you have the Queen, you have the Prince of Wales' son go over there to speak to Abbas. What exactly are they trying to do? You know, that's what I'm kind of curious about because, you know, you got all of these, you have these European allies going over there to try to persuade Abbas. They're not trying to persuade Israel. Pay attention to that. They're not trying to persuade Israel. They're trying to persuade the Palestinian government. And I'm not sure exactly why that is, um, but it is something that, uh, you know, we should kind of be informed of because it's going on. Um, and I just wanted to make sure I, I posted in the um, posted in the group on uh, Facebook. So if anybody gets a chance, you can check it out there. Um, but I'll open up the floor once more if anybody has anything else that they want to share. You posted it on the uh, <clears throat> Keys to the Kingdom? Yeah, I posted in the key. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, so, so you guys can take it out your own leisure. It's, it'll be there, hopefully. You know, the internet takes everything down um, when they get, you know, feel like uh, they don't want things to be known. So whatever. Uh, but it's there for you guys' uh, leisure. Uh, anybody else have anything? Um, I just feel like. Um it's just that time where we got to really ramp up, you know, with the people to start really building out for ourselves because it's, it's getting to the point where, like, like, there's really no more excuses anymore. Like, we got all these organizations and people that are really doing this work, but, like, we just, we already have the platform. They just have to just, just kind of just unite and say, you know what, let's just kind of just do for ourselves. But, Again, right. people people got these people's po- money in their pocket. So, like, you know, they'll, they'll uh, you know, it's funny because I was watching Fuku step out the door and there was, a, there was a line he said, you can't, you want to have it both ways. You know, you want to have what, you want to be able to still be with your people, but you still want to please the people that are giving you that position of authority, so to speak, you know. And so I just feel like, you know, we can just, start building our exit strategy, but I just think, like, now more than ever, you know, based on what's going on, I think it's just really that time to really take it more, you know, to the next level. 
I agree. I I I, I couldn't agree more. Unfortunately, brother, um, it's still a lot of ego uh, going on, um, and that's you know with a lot of the organizations they're competing um, for. Whatever reason it is, uh, no, most of them are competing for who has the most information. Yeah. And, um, I think, like, that's going to be a never-ending battle with them because, I mean, someone has something uh, that is obviously different, but everybody wants to use their differences to control uh, what, uh, that other person, uh, how that other person is wrong and how they're right. And, I mean, we're obviously all wrong at some point, according to everyone. So what do we have that is right that we can actually use to work with each other? Um, and that's the thing that, I, you know, I spoke about this in uh, certain classes. Some of you guys were here on those calls, and I stated that, um, I stated that, uh, we have to find what works between all of us. And I know we, like, we know what works between all of us. I think that some of us um, that are in these groups, so to speak, have this thing where uh, they have a way of executing it. So what it all kind of falls back to is ego and having that control. If, if somebody feels like they can't control something, then they don't want to be a part of something that they can't control. That's pretty much what that is. And, you know, I've always, you know, said, and I've stated on several calls, that everybody in Israel was not a king or a queen. <laughs> Even though we, you know, have been told we were kings and queens. And not everybody was a king or a queen. You can be. We just, everybody just hasn't had the luxury of coming from, you know, that quote-unquote royalty. Although our bloodline is that of priesthood, Everybody was not what you call a king or a queen within it. And until we get out of this, everybody should be a king or everybody should should be a queen, okay, if everybody was a slave, who will be the king? If everybody was a king, who will be the workers? Every society, every society is going to have the rich and they're going to have the poor. So... You know, I think that all of this is us trying to figure out how we how we how we use our gifts that was given to us. What I mean is we take what we're good at and we use it to fit certain positions in government and then you run with that. And then once the government is established then you have your rankings and then your merit system or, you know, how you elevate and, you know, um, promote to the next, you know, uh, rank um, 
through some type of knighthood, you know, well, not necessarily knighthood, but by someone who is, you know, um, the head figure who sees that this person has potential to do that next, you know, do to maintain that office, that is how that happens. But everybody wants to be the head. <laughs> Nobody wants to, no one wants to learn how to actually do these things. But I'm the type of person I kind of want to see how things work at the bottom. So when I get to the top, I know how everything's going to run at the bottom. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it only seems how that seems more like how you learn how things are run. You can see that set up, you you know, to your basic institution of uh, commerce. You can go to McDonald's and see something like that. You start out as a cashier or flipping burgers, and next thing you know, you're doing management, and then for then you. You know, you're, you know, you're doing all certain different things in the office and all these other different things because someone found you trustworthy to do them. But everybody just wants to jump in and be a manager. But then you do have certain people who don't even want to be a manager. Some people do want to just work for the system. But you got to give them something to work for, and you got to be willing to pay them as well. Um, and I think that's what we kind of struggle with is as well because, we have a lot of brothers who aren't, I wouldn't say, you have a lot of brothers who are very smart. I think just working well together, Lord have mercy. You got too many, you have too many, too many issues with control. And once we learn ourselves as a people and we learn how to actually humble ourselves and be willing to actually just use the gifts that we have, I say that inclining a certain kind of a certain kind of meaning using the gifts that we have everybody is not good at leading i'm not necessarily the uh best person at leading i'm i'm learning so those who are step up those who aren't just take a seat back and i've always kind of just been good at clarifying that i know my limits you know but some people just don't. And that's kind of where we fall at, brother, with all these different organizations. I see it every single day when I'm on Facebook. This group got that information. That group got this information. I'm doing this, so I'm better than you. I'm doing this, so come follow me. And it's like, don't follow me. I don't want to follow anybody. I just want to help somebody do something that's constructive. But if it's going to, you know, if all we're going to be doing is talking about how much information I have and, you know, everyone else is wrong, then I don't really know how that's going to work, um, how we're ever going to get anything done. Um, I'm just glad that I'm in a situation where, I've learned to remove myself personally from um, seeing things one-sided and trying to learn how to see things from both sides. That way I can say, hey, well, why don't we just use what you have and then use what we have, and then we can do this together. I don't know when that will happen, brother, but it, I believe it will. Just like you believe it, I believe it will happen, and it can. Um uh, does anybody else have anything else that they want to share? I don't 
uh, I didn't plan to keep us on here zone tonight because we just came back, and I didn't realize that, you know, everyone um, didn't show up tonight. Um, and I'm, I will ask you guys to please keep Brother Priest in your prayers. I know that he had some, you know, issue with um, death in his family. Um, and I think, you know, there's some um, some things going on. Um, however, you know, just keep that brother in your prayers, and um, we'll move forward. Um, but other than that, I'll open up for once more. Okay, well, um, it is 52 minutes after 9. I'm, I appreciate you, brothers, uh, for coming out. When we come back next week, my goal is to go ahead and um, actually what I may just do is open up the lesson. Um, hold on for just a second, you guys. I hate when my computer do this. Hold that thought. Computer. Sorry, hold on for a minute. Let me just use my phone because my computer is that funky. I want to step in and say that I love you, brothers. We love you too, brother Rami. Rami, how's uh, everything been going with you, brother? Because I know you, you know, you had some some breakthroughs, and uh, you know, this semester, and I'm just, I was just glad that you know everything is starting to look up for you. You, you sharpened your, you know, you sharpened over the. You know, last year, I don't know what happened this year, but you just are a different person, a, a whole nother different person when before when you first came, you know, in the organization and it showed a whole lot. So how have you been, brother? I've been coming along. Um, I'm just... I'm learning as I okay. grow. Um, it's it's getting better. Okay. You know, um, Jeez. I've learned to just let go, let the creator. And that's it. Yes, sir. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. You know, like I always say, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't even cut you off. Go ahead, brother. I was reading the Songs of Solomon, and uh, what reached out to me when reading those two chapters in the Wisdom of Solomon was that Solomon was trying to tell us that we shouldn't worry about 
what's going on tomorrow, yesterday. We should focus and enjoy ourselves. Meaning we should go out here and we should put forth the effort in whatever we're doing. And don't give up. Because when we go, we go. Either your name is going to be a memory for righteous, or it's going to be in the memory of of evil. So I want to live. I don't want to die. Now, yes. And um, Ecclesiastes in Ecclesiasticus is um, probably one of my favorite books in that in that whole book because um, I remember when I found out uh, that they took out the middle books, I was looking um, uh, the reasons why and um, one of the reasons that they took out the middle books, um, it was stated that um, because they taught people how to be king-like. And it didn't dawn on me that when you look at how everything in the book of Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiasticus is written, um, of course, when you get to the book of Sirach, um, uh, which pretty much mirrors uh, the, I guess you could say, the wisdom of of Solomon. I think that's what it is, the wisdom of Solomon or uh, Ecclesiasticus. I think that's the alternate name for it. No, not uh, the wisdom of Solomon. It is Ecclesiasticus and the wisdom of Solomon. Uh, Those books cater to... You're correct. Oh, am I correct, brother? Okay, you got to forgive me. You got to work on Solomon first, and then it goes into Ecclesiasticus. Okay. Forgive me. I'm still learning the Bible like everybody else, and I I know the Bible how I remember it, and there's only bits and pieces of how I actually know the Bible. But nonetheless, it teaches you king... kingship, and it teaches you balance. And I think a lot of people will focus on maybe the negative and they say, oh, well, see, I don't want to use that book because it's talking like this or it's talking about owning people's property and this, that, and I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. People do not realize how balanced nature is and how off we are. And they think that every time you see something in the Bible that you don't agree with, that that just means that God is just ultimately bad, and I'm like, then you don't really know who you are. <laughs> you really don't know. But I I like that book. Um, when I actually when I got in political theory, uh, we had to read the book of um, 
was it the Machiavellian Prince? I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that book, the Machiavellian Prince, or uh, Machiavelli's Prince, I think that's what it's called. And that book is the split image of Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, and Wisdom of Solomon. It's like they just took, it's just like they took Solomon out, Rock, and all these other different people from the Bible, and basically just put Machiavelli's print on the name of those four books. Uh. <laughs> I say, are you serious? But Machiavelli got the credit for it. When they all, everything that you would read in Machiavelli's print is is in the book of Ecclesiastes, in the book of Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiasticus and Wisdom of Solomon. And when I caught it, I said, hold, I was in class one day and I caught it. As a matter of fact, I was, this is 2014. This is, I think this is a couple of months before we went to Detroit. I had just gotten a political theory, and it hit me like a ton of bricks on what I was reading. I had to read Plato's. Uh, I had to read Play, uh, the book of Plato. I had to read um, Socrates, Machiavelli's Prince, and uh, I have John Locke's uh, Second Treaties of Government, and I also have Thomas Hobbes' Leviathan. Those are, like, my favorite books. And um, these are on our reading list, and I just remember I said, it's amazing how they they say that the Bible's not real, and then like you see all of these different elements from the Bible with white people's names on it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it's just amazing. So, um, I love that book. You can learn so much from those middle books. Yeah, if you don't have an apocryphal, please get you one. Make sure it's 1611 because it seems like the language is a little bit more pure than it is now. Um, I feel like the language is a lot more ambiguous now, so you lose the actual effect of what the word, how the, you lose the effect of the word. It loses its taste. It's not, it's not salty anymore. It doesn't have as much flavor as it did when, the old when the older generations were using um, it. So get the 1611, you at least it'll be in line with the law instead of common language. Um, but other than that, um, I agree, brother, and I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you find a peace of mind as black men. We just want a peace of mind. You know, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I don't have a wife, but I want one. But I'm learning, you know, so many things about myself, about us as men, our bodies, our biology, us spiritually and the things that we have to go through. And I just realized that most of what we just really want in our life is just to have a peace of freaking mind. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you know, and, um, God, like, the little peace of mind that you get, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm serious. So congratulations, brother, on the peace of mind that you 
that you have in your life right now, enjoy it. And to the ones who are looking for it, search until you can find it. Because when you get it, I'm pretty sure, you know, you will you will enjoy it just like anyone else. Um, but I won't hold us, brother. I know I, I'm chatty, but I'm, I'm just kind of happy that we're back. But I'll save most of our conversation for next week. We can adjourn for the rest of this evening. Um, I, I That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to look and see what we had on the curriculum for next week. There is an audio. I think I already posted it like weeks ago. When we come back, I'll ask about the true name and Aboriginal title audio that's posted in there, and we'll discuss that. And then I'm going to open, the week after that, I'm going to open the video. Now, that is the video, well, one of the videos that you guys have been anticipating. So we will adjourn for the rest of this evening. It is five minutes after 10. I'll talk to you guys next week. Shalom, shalom. Shalom. Shalom.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.